some things are just too real. <laughs> well, happy Mother's Day. We, um, we did an um, informal little survey of a group of mothers in our church and, um, and we came to a decision to do something a little bit different this year. We wanted to take a moment to recognize our mothers, we, but we, they asked that we didn't just buy a gift, a bookmark for everybody and, and all these different things to give out because sometimes we spend a lot of money in those things and, it, and it, it's hard to find the right gift and get everybody recognized appropriately. But the, uh, what we decided to do is instead of buying each of you a gift, and you might think you get shortchanged this year, that's okay, but uh, we are giving a gift to Clarity Solutions. Uh, Clarity Solutions is a, a women's resource center in our community that does a fantastic job. If you're not familiar with them, you really should look them up online and see the ministry they have, uh, especially to young moms who are coming in and looking for support and guidance. Uh, it is a pregnancy resource center, but it's also a, a, a resource center for, for women in our community. And, and now they have extended that to include men and, and helping young dads and men in our community as well. So we'll be doing the same thing for Father's Day, if that kind of gives you guys a heads up where you think, if I'm not getting a bookmark, I'm not coming. Uh, but uh, we... Uh, but we are going to do that for each of those days. We're going to give to one hundred dollars uh, to Clarity Solutions for Mother's Day and one hundred dollars for Father's Day as well. But we do want to take a moment. Let me just uh, my philosophy on Mother's Day was shaped uh, kind of my poster mom for this is a woman named Wanda from uh, actually she went to two different churches that I pastored. But Wanda uh, never had any children of her own, uh, but she was a foster mom to over 200 foster children uh, over a quarter of a century and just uh, and just really was a second mom to me uh, and was that way to so many people, but really just embodied what it means to be to have that maternal spirit and, and also to help me to understand it's not a day that we take just to recognize people who have given birth to other people. It's a day when we recognize what God has done in, in creating women and, and how he has designed them to, to communicate to us his, his maternal instinct. It is, we are created in his image, and, and you give us an idea of all the, all the good traits that come in, in you helping to look after future generations of people, and, and, and he's instilled that in you. And so we want to use this day to recognize all the women of our church. And so we do would ask you, if you would, to stand right now, all the women of our church to stand, just so the rest of us could take a moment and recognize you. So all women, please stand for just a second so we can say thank you. And thank you very much. Thank you. And I would say while you're standing to show us how to load the dishwasher, but I won't do that. Go ahead and have a seat. Thank you very much. That, that part that I told John, I said, that's your mom. That's exactly what she does in teaching everybody how to. That's her big thing is to teach us all how to load the dishwasher correctly. And we still don't know. Um, today, we continue on in a series. And this series was designed to... Um, to get us through Mother's Day and on into Father's Day. It's called Building a Family Life Center. And it's not just not a building a building, though that'd be cool. But uh, it's about seeing how that God is bringing families together. And he is building families and himself as the center of our family life. And today we normally have a baby dedication service at the beginning. 
We only had one baby this year that came to be dedicated, and that baby is in the hospital. Uh, but probably the best news I've gotten to share in a long time is that he is going to be released tomorrow uh, and uh, will be is supposed to be coming home on Thursday. So Eli, after so he was born in November, uh, early November, and has been in the hospital ever since he's been born. Uh, had, of course, a heart transplant, if, if you're not familiar with his story. And, and we waited forever for a heart transplant. But March 10th, I believe it was, that he got a new heart. And so now, finally, is getting ready to come home. So we can give a round of applause for that. And so as a result of that, I, I, we decided to move our baby dedication service. We've done this before for a mom who couldn't be here on, on Mother's Day. Uh, so we're going to move it to Father's Day. So we'll have, so if you are like, I wanted to be a part of that service, then you still can be uh, because we're going to do it on Father's Day. And so uh, let me know if you would like to participate in the baby dedication service on Father's Day. And we will be glad to incorporate you. And if you're wondering who can be a part of that, it really is uh, anyone who, uh, you know, somebody says they're an age limit. And if you've never had a time when you've dedicated your children to the Lord, it doesn't matter the age of your children. It matter, it's, what matters is, is that if you want to take a moment to make that public, to have a time of public saying, we have decided as parents we want to dedicate our children to be raised in the admonition of the Lord. Uh, and we will. We have a class the Wednesday before uh, where we kind of explain how all that works. So, so it won't be anything. Take all the mystery out of it. But the passage that we use to do this is actually that's what the sermon is today. Uh, and the message is called "Repeat After Me." Repeat after me. I there's so many times that we just did a wedding yesterday, and I was thinking how that is such an integral part of weddings is I'm saying words and then people repeating those words. It's like repeat after me. And, and basically, it's they're making promises to each other, and I'm giving the words of the promise, and you and and they and they say them back. When I share the gospel with kids, I usually pray a prayer with them. It's not not prayers that save children, but it but it's any time we are trying to make a promise or a commitment, or there's something important to say, someone has to teach us, someone has to show us, or give us the words to say because we want those words to be right. When you sign a contract for a home or a car or something like that, all those things are carefully written out. You get lawyers and attorneys to make sure words are made exactly right and they're written exactly a particular way because we want to make sure we are communicating correctly what we are getting ready to promise because it's important. It's important. But we do this all the time with our children. Moms do this all the time. When you say, uh, when somebody gives something to your child and you say, now what do you say? They're going to repeat what you have said to them over and over again, which is, mine, mine. No, it's not. Uh, it's just, thank you, right? And, and so when you say, thank you, or you're, you're welcome, or I'm sorry, all these things are words that we teach others, and we just repeat those words. Well, in the Old Testament, uh, when the children of Israel were brought out of Egypt and brought into the promised land, they had a law that Moses gave to, that God gave to Moses, and then Moses shared many laws, actually, that were shared with the people of Israel. And it was basically, this is how we are supposed to function as God's people, and the way that they were to remember, the way that it was supposed to be passed along was they were to teach it to their children. And there are things that had to be repeated over and over and over again. And, this, and the passage we're looking at today is important, but uh, the, there's three things we're going to look at today about 
how to do this, and they're memorize, open eyes, and memorialize. And did it so they would rhyme, so you would remember it. See, that's part of it, is doing something you can remember. And also, I was trying to come up with an acrostic for memorize, open eyes, and memorialize, an acrostic where all the letters lined up to say something. Ask your mom later if that makes some signs of and spells something. Uh, but anyway, um, you should get that. You got that, right, John? Okay, thank you. Um, the uh, passage we're looking at is Deuteronomy chapter 6. Now, this, these verses are not necessarily the verses you need to remember. These are the verses to tell you to remember all that God has shared. Look in chapter 6, verse 6, he says this. These words that I am giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Pray with me. Father, I just pray this morning, Father, that you will make it clear to us, Lord, your word to us. Lord, show us what you have revealed about yourself. And Father, may we take the things that you've revealed and may we share them with one another. And may we do so in a way that we will remember that there will be long-lasting memory, Father, forever and ever, passing our faith from one generation to another. Lord, I do want to just take a moment and thank you for this day, which we celebrate, moms. And and Lord, uh, it really is a celebration of you. It's a celebration of you being... It, the mothers, the thankfulness we have toward our mothers today is an expression of our thankfulness to you for giving us such a wonderful, wonderful person in each of our lives, Father, to communicate to us the love of Jesus Christ. And we give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. It starts with memorize. Memorize. I do not like to memorize things. And I... Remember that uh, when I was in college, I was in a group called the Navigators, and they were big on scripture memory. I was always intimidated by pastors who had incredible memories where they would memorize the entire Bible. And, and I knew there was one guy who memorized the entire Old Testament and New Testament. And then his son came along and memorized the Old Testament, New Testament. So he went back and memorized the New Testament in Greek. And then his son memorized the New Testament in Greek. And then he was working on the Old Testament in Hebrew. And it's like, you have too much time. You know, what is it with you people? How do you do this? So I'm intimidated by that. But we, we did, uh, we do, do, it is good for us to memorize Verses of Scripture. It's good for us to memorize anything that's important. But understand, we're talking about memorizing this morning. We're not just talking about just simply being able to repeat words without understanding what those words mean. It's, it's making something a part of who we are. You know, because it's like, it's like memorizing a recipe or memorizing a, a, a verse of Scripture. It's, it's you're remembering or remembering how to fix a car. You memorize all the things, but you also know how all those things work how it comes together, what it's supposed to accomplish, how to apply the words that you have committed to memory and how that functions in your daily life. So it's not something that you just simply repeat over and over. It's something that you learn, something you learn and make a part of yourself. And this is what he says in verse chapter 6, verse 6. He says, these words that I'm giving you today are to be in your heart These words that I'm giving you today are to be in your heart. Now, we're talking about the children of Israel. So he's talking about the law that's been passed on. Now, here's what we know and understand about the law is that 
one, the Ten Commandments are, you know, that's hard enough as it is. I, I could tell you, we could go through all over 600 commandments in the Old Testament that are given to us. But we have difficulty enough with ten. One of the things they ask you to do in seminary is to write down the Ten Commandments in order. And you get that, they ask that question, and you're like, oh, no problem. And then you start to do it. And you're like, okay, wait a second. Does stealing come before lying? Or does coveting last? Uh, and then the first four, you know, that, it's like, and they all start to get jumbled up. And you realize we're not as good as this as we thought we were. Do you remember when they used to have the Ten Commandments on the walls in our schools and so forth? And, and, I, and I was a, a big proponent of that. I was still in school. But I remember as being a student in school, how upset I was when they took them out of our schools. And what a big ordeal that was. And later, I began to think, you know, if we did what Moses told us to do, you don't need the walls on the wall because they're in your heart. They're in your heart. And then something even more than that, that I realized, I was just, I don't know why it takes me so long to realize some things. But just a few weeks ago, I was listening to a pastor, another pastor's preach, and, and he was talking about how really as followers of Jesus, the Ten Commandments, if we had one message to put on a school wall, do we really want it to be the Ten Commandments? Aren't, aren't we supposed to be more diligent about making sure people know the gospel? Wouldn't it be better to put John 3.16 on all the walls if we could put anything on the walls? Wouldn't it be better to put how much God loves people and that he has, a, that God so loves them that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. That's a verse I have memorized. And the reason why we memorized that verse, and it was a very popular verse to memorize, even though uh, most people who don't know the Ten Commandments can quote that verse. When you see it at ball games, you don't see the verse right now. You just see John three sixteen, and people know what we're talking about. And why it's so important for us to know that verse is because it communicates to us an incredibly valuable truth. And that is that Jesus is our hope for eternal life and not the law. Thank God. Thank God that I don't have to know all 600 laws. Thank God that we, I wasn't raised in Israel as a nation where I was taught all these laws passed on from generation to generation and had to learn these things. It helps me appreciate the disciples when they're spending time and, and struggling with, with Paul, who's going to the Gentiles. It helps me appreciate that he's going to these Gentiles and, and it making it seem so easy for them. And they're thinking, whoa, wait a second. We had to be circumcised and we had to, we had to obey the law. And we, had to, we had to know the law and memorize all these different things. And they just waltz on in he says yes because we're now we're saved through faith saved by grace through faith in christ and what what incredible message that is to us but that is the message and jesus when he met with his disciples night before he died we shared this before and we'll share it over and over again because we repeat it over and over and over again this is it this is what we memorize love one another as i have loved you so if you're going to memorize something, memorize that. Start with that. Make that a part of you because that reveals to us what Jesus was revealing to us. Love one another as I have loved you. And then you ask the question, how have you loved us? And that's where all the rest of Scripture comes into play. It teaches us how God loves us. 
And so when you're reading the Old Testament, when you're reading the New Testament, when you're reading Psalms, when you're reading Proverbs, when you're reading Ecclesiastes, when you're reading Romans, when you're reading First and Second Peter, when you, whatever book of the Bible you're reading, whatever you're going through, major prophets, minor prophets, always be reading and read it with this expectation. God, what are you revealing in this about how you love us? Because in knowing how God loves us, he is teaching us how to love each other. And if we are loving each other the way God has loved us, we are fulfilling the commandment of God's word. This is what he says in verse 6. These words that I'm giving you today are to be in your heart. And this is what we take away from it. Remember what God has revealed in Christ and make him the source of your life. Remember what God has revealed in Christ and make him the source of your life. If we know what God has shown us in Christ and make him the source of our life, now we have an understanding of his word. Memorize that. The second thing is open eyes. And we talk about open eyes. I love babies. I love babies and babies with their wide-eyed wonder. I was talking about my, we were talking about our grandchildren at the first service, how uh, Katie sent us a picture of a snake in her window. Uh, she had a, a little nest. There was ivy growing up the window outside where their little kitchen nook is, where the breakfast nook is. And uh, there was a little snake coiled up inside the nest. That uh, the snake. And then she zooms out and there's a much larger snake weaving through the vine that's like this big around and six feet long or whatever uh, through this, and which is a little bit <gasps> kind of breathtaking. But what's amazing, what's even better is my grandchildren reacting, you know, with eyes like this, you know, looking, loving to looking at those snakes in the window. You got to see the snakes, got to see the snakes. Their grandmother is so excited about snakes and, and wants to touch them and play with them. And uh, so, you know, she, she really is an heiress of Eve. Uh, she got that enmity between snakes and, and Eve. Kim, Kim inherited that. Uh, but, but they were just amazed. And, you know, the thing about, I was looking up, Teaching, And I was looking up what is a synonym for teaching that starts with O so it would spell out mom. Uh, and so uh, and the only O word for teaching was open eyes. And I thought that's that's perfect because that what a great understanding of what teaching is opening eyes. When you, when you are sharing something about God, when you are sharing something about Jesus, when you're when you're telling your children that Jesus is and his love for us that loving each other and loving each other as Jesus has loved us that this is that that is an eye opening thing how does Jesus love us and you're sharing about how Jesus loves us and the stories of him feeding the 5000 his stories of of him walking on water the stories of him and in calling Peter out to walk on water an expression of love and, and, and when you have stories about him raising Lazarus from the dead an expression of love and over and over how Jesus shows his love they make your eyes fill with wonder they open our eyes to who God is they they open the eyes of the people who were there with him when he was doing it as Jesus was doing these things, people's eyes are open to who God is. All the Pharisees had one impression of God. All the Sadducees had one impression of God. All the lawyers and scribes, even the, even the fishermen and the tax collectors and the prostitutes, everybody had their own image of God. And Jesus said, let me show you who God really is. Let me open your eyes. He who has eyes to see, 
Let him see. Look in verse 7. He says, repeat them to your children. He's talking about all that God has revealed. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. When you get up in the morning, talk about Jesus and all that God, he has shown us about God and all that the word of God reveals to us, all that the Bible teaches us about who God is and how he loves us. When you go to bed at night, do the same thing. Talk about it. When you're driving in the car, talk about it. You see, when we're walking, when we get up, when we're sitting on the couch, talk about it. When you're watching TV shows, talk about that in contrast to the love of God. Or what, who God really is and what the Word has really shown us. Take advantage of every opportunity. So we get constantly be looking for teaching moments to communicate what God has revealed in Jesus. Constantly be looking for teaching moments to communicate what God has revealed in Jesus. We don't, how will they know unless there is a preacher? Somebody asked me if I believe in women preachers, not to be controversial, but I said, I don't know how to respond to that because my mom is a preacher. She doesn't preach in front of a congregation, but she has preached to me from day one over and over again, constantly communicating to me God's word. Because isn't that what preachers do? They proclaim the word of God. And she has been a proclaimer of God's word to me since I can remember. Constantly communicating to me what God has revealed in Jesus. And finally, we memorialize. We are blessed in our community to have an incredible uh, a, a replica of the Vietnam War Memorial, the wall in Washington, D.C. at 80% scale. And if you haven't been out there to see it, it's, it's really amazing. And, and so blessed that uh, we, we have something like that to remember. And that's the whole point. Things like that are just to, um, when we memorialize something, we are trying to help people to remember something that's important. And we do it in a way that's striking and public and open. And so this wall has names of all the ones who were who died or missing in action in the Vietnam War. In the same way, you and I memorialize things by, in different ways, through things we put on Facebook and through things we uh, put on uh, uh, or communicate to other people, T-shirts that we wear and hats that we wear and, and things. And one of the things that we need to think about is how do we communicate the love of Christ? How do we communicate who God is in a way that people remember them? It was passed on to us. Somehow somebody got it to us. Now, how do we get it to another generation of people? Look in verses 8 and 9. He says, bind them, everything that God has revealed, he says, bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. That's what they did back then to communicate all that God has shown to them. He says, publicize it, get it out there. And here's what we need to do. What God has revealed in his son needs to be publicized in all aspects of our life, in all aspects of our life. My uh, son-in-law plays a game that I'm not in approval of. Uh, Anyway, it's a video game uh, called Grand Theft Auto, and I don't like the game. uh, But uh, anyway, people play it. And I noticed one day that at, they were playing, and, and I don't know if they were at college or wherever they were at. I think they were at college, and they were all playing online against each other and everything. And they had their name, the name that they make up for themselves, above their character, and his was Live For Him, as he was mugging and stealing someone's car in the video game. And he said, it's my way of witnessing to people, millennials. 
That's that in a nutshell, right there. Uh, but uh, so, not the best approach to me, but still understand the idea of finding every opportunity we can to communicate that I am a follower of Jesus Christ and he loves me. And here's a way I let people know how much God loves us. It could be in stories that we share, stories that we pass on from one generation to generation of how much God loves us. And I, I communicate so many things that don't uplift God and don't tell about how amazing he is. I miss so many opportunities to share what he has revealed in my life. And, and so, you know, good, put a fish on your car. That that's, does communicate something. It's one way of publicizing the gospel. Put a license plate, do whatever. Just make sure that the light, the way you drive reflects the fish on the car. Just around, you know, and, and those type things. You know, I had somebody, we had t-shirts. We said we want to be human billboards for Jesus. And so one church we had, we put the gospel on the t-shirt and had people wear them out and uh, said, hey, I got a phone call from another pastor. And he says, hey, see one of your shirts. It's buying liquor and a lottery ticket in front of me at the convenience store. They're like, great. Uh, but anyway, makes you want to follow Jesus. Uh, but so you want it, your life has to match up with the thing that you're advertising. But find ways, you know, put it in your home. You know, find ways to put verses of scripture in your home or, or find ways to, to just make it a part of it, make it as natural as part of, of, a part of who you are as you can. Because we, we need to let the world know, we need to let our families know this is what's important. It's because we celebrate things, don't we? We celebrate sports teams. We celebrate uh, TV shows. We celebrate things we love, things, aspects of life that are very important to us and so forth. But here's, here's the question. I want, I want to ask us this morning. Just next slide. Has God revealed himself to you through Jesus Christ? Has he made known to you who he is? Because, you know, we take that for granted. A lot of people don't. Muslims. Hindus, Buddhists all over the world, they know a God, but they do not know God through Jesus Christ. If you're here this morning and you know who God is through Jesus, that Jesus is our revelation of God, that is a blessing. That is a blessing. And we need to share that with others. We need to communicate that to the next generation of people. Let me tell you who Jesus is specifically. I'm, and I, let me be very specific about that. When you talk with your children about God, make sure that you explain who Jesus is. And that's how we know who God is. It's through Jesus, his crucifixion, his resurrection, his ascension, his glorification. Learn what those things mean and teach those to another generation of people. And the question is now that you know that, now how do you respond to that? Once you find out who Jesus is, once anybody finds out who Jesus is, now the question is, are you going to follow him or are you going to reject him? Jesus is simply saying, I'm going to be king forever. And if you want to worship me forever, if you want to be a part of my kingdom, I am inviting you to become part of it. And you can be in my kingdom and all that it affords. And you either can receive, you can say yes, or you can say no to that. But he gives a warning. If you say no, just remember, I am life. I am love. I am light. And if you reject me, you lose all those things. If you want life and love and light, you will have to follow me. And that's what I'm asking this morning. Is that what you want? 
And if that's what you want, then follow him. Follow him. Put your faith in him. Put your trust in him. Make him the king of your life. Pray with me. Father, we just thank you, God, for how great and amazing you are. Father, I thank you for my mother who showed me who Jesus is. Lord, who revealed the truth about the gospel to me and so that my heart was tender towards you. Lord, I, I gave, I made a public profession of faith in a church service, but Father, I believed in you through conversations with my mother. And Lord, whether it's a mom or a dad or a neighbor or a friend or a Sunday school teacher, whoever, Father, Father, anybody here today who's had Jesus revealed, Father, I pray today, that, and if they have not put their trust in you, that today will be the day they trust you. And for the rest, Lord, may we just reaffirm that. Yes, Lord, you are my Lord. You are my King. I am looking forward to serving you forever. And may we pray for others. And may we take it upon ourselves and make a commitment to you. Yes, I will memorize all that you've revealed. I will make it a part of who I am. I will open the eyes of others. I will memorialize who you are by displaying you in all aspects of my life. For I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.